Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command. Craig Hoffman here. That is Logan Paulson. And if you're uh, getting a chance to see any of the video clips from this podcast, yes, that is nicely dressed television style Logan Paulson. Oh, yeah. Killing me, Craig. Yeah, well. Yeah, this is this is. I thought we were talking about Jordan. I was like, yeah, Jordan does look pretty good. But now you're talking about me. You just got a white tee on, man. <laughs> and yes, that is uh, former Commanders tight end Jordan Reed. Jordan, man, great to catch up, man. I'm excited to do this. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no problem, man. Glad to be here. So uh, I'm curious how much you keep up with the team now. Like you're, you're retired. You had a couple of really good years in San Francisco after you left here. How much are you still watching the NFL? How much are you taking in, specifically uh, this team here in DC? I've been, uh, I definitely been watching, man. It's, growing up, I always was a huge fan of football, and it'll, it'll never leave. So I, I watch like a fan now, and I really enjoy the games and things like that. I've been keeping up with the Commanders uh, a little bit, and um, excited, excited about this year. See, see what they, see what they can put together. Yeah, man. So you know, you said you keep up with the NFL a little bit. Do you have like a top? Let's say like top three, top five guys at the tight end position, and like, what do you like about what they're doing? Because in my mind, no, none of them can run routes like Jordan Reed. But like, I just want to know what you think about those guys. Um, yeah, man, it's some real exciting new talent coming up, and guys that are still doing it consistently for years, like Kelsey. Um, so, I, what, what do you like yeah, about his I, game? Like, what's like, what's the thing that makes him different than everybody else, in your opinion? Um. He's very consistent. That's the that's the key. Uh, he, he's more consistent than anybody who's been performing at a very high level for you know ten ten years now. I think. Um, yeah. So so his consistency is what sets him apart for sure. Um, and I think he just I haven't watched him very like studied him much, but I from you know what I have saw, it looks like he's a really smart smart player, and. Um, he knows how to exploit holes in the defense and just be in the right place at the right time. Kelsey, I think he's probably number one right now, and then um, Kittle is behind. And mm. so you know, because you got to play with Kittle too, right? That guy's a trip. Yeah, now. Kittle's Kittle's a beast, man. Um, I, I I just give you know the one to Kelsey because he's been doing it for for a long time. Now. Mm. Um, but as far as like a complete uh, all around tight end. You know, I think George Kittle, I don't think it, there's been a guy like George Kittle, um, from my understanding. I think he's, uh, you know, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to be a Hall of Famer for sure. So I, I was curious on Kittle, because um, when you were a young player, you got to learn from, uh, you know, some guys like, I don't know, Logan Paulson uh, at the position. Uh, Cooley was obviously around the team. Um, but when you got to San Francisco, you're a veteran, you're a different stage in your career, but you get to play with Kittle. What did you pick up from him while you were in the room with him out there under Kyle? Um, 
I just, man, he, he's a beast. He's a beast. His, his mental, he, he knows, you know, he knows who he is and he knows how to dominate. And his work ethic is, is what sets him up to, to do so. He, he, he works really hard. He's consistently in the weight room, consistently on his playbook. And uh, he doesn't make he doesn't make many mistakes out there. It's so interesting, man, like to piggyback on that, like in for a guy with his like explosive abilities, you know, his ability to run and kind of be twitched up like he is a physical son mm-hmm. of a gun. And so you talk about those top those top guys. Right. And one of the things that comes to mind is like none of them, none of them compete in line the way George does. Like George is fired up to block right. your face off. And that's something that I always respected about him is like. You know, Kelsey, when he came in, he was a dog in the run game. And like you said, Jordan, he's like a beast when it comes to like knowing football and running routes. But he lost a little bit of that dog. And George, I feel like, will always have that dog in him. And that's something that I I just have so much respect for him. Because like you got to play the whole position. And that's something that makes him unique. Yeah, for sure. And I was going to ask you about Waller. What do you think about Waller? Waller, he he looks good, man. He looks good. Dude, I saw him down at tight end U, bro. He's like 6'6", like shredded bro like he looks like he could play white out like no doubt and i just think like there's only like one dude on the face of the earth that looks like that man you know and like he, he's not bad in line he's 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 playing wide receiver basically yeah yeah yeah. Whoa. yeah he's a beast bro he's nasty i like him yeah, i like him a lot he's wiry man he, he knows how to create separation he's got great hands he, he makes yeah. plays after the catch he's dynamic he, he's a dynamic guy Obviously, Logan Thomas transitioned from playing quarterback, something that you were familiar with as well, transitioning. You made it in college. Uh, he makes it after college. He never played quarterback really mm-hmm. in the NFL. Uh, I think he might have started like practice squad or something like that, but ultimately very quickly in his NFL career, he transitions to tight end. What is it about those two positions where you've seen a lot of guys make that switch over? Obviously, you have a, a immense amount of knowledge about offense if you're playing quarterback you need that at tight end but is that is that kind of the common thread or is there more to it than that yeah I think it's um I think there's more to it other than just understanding the offense I think you know knowing what a quarterback wants and and you know where he wants you to be at and how how to make him feel comfortable throwing the ball is uh something that's like uh uh understanding you just get from playing quarterback and then switching over to being a receiver. You just, you know what that quarterback wants out of you and, and how to make him feel really good about throwing the ball. Um, so it's like, you know, subconscious things that I noticed that I was doing early on um, when I switched over to tight end after playing QB. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just, it's a huge advantage coming from a quarterback to, to a receiver. Um, just you have a a subconscious understanding of, of what that QB wants and needs. I actually remember talking about this with Randall Cobb, uh, who obviously played quarterback at Kentucky and then transferred over. Um, he was working out with, with my guy Chris Gores one summer, and uh, we were talking about this, that he talked about when he got into zone coverage type of situations, he understood the timing of it. And like, okay, I don't if I'm the third guy in the progression, I don't need to be open now. I need to be open when the quarterback gets to it. Is that the kind of stuff that you're talking about and you feel like you, you adjusted to that? Yeah, timing, zone, you know, feeling the zones, um, timing, and then scramble drill, um, trying to be on the same page there as well. For me, you know, giving them, you know, showing my chest and trying to show them, you know, a, a big frame to throw to constantly um, was something that came 
naturally after switching because, you know, it, it just, when I was throwing the ball, if a guy was squared up and I felt like he had, I could make a mistake one way or another, he he would still be able to adjust. So I always tried to, you know, bring that in as well. And something I, I, I felt like quarterbacks liked and something I liked. So I, I would just do things that I would like a receiver to do. And then, dude, one of the things that I was always impressed with, even like you mentioned, like you had a great understanding of coverages like from the jump, and it sounds like it was from your time playing quarterback. Like, did you do anything specifically to help you with that? Because I remember like, I just like, one of, one of my favorite memories of you is like us being in the meeting room and I sat in front of you and I could hear your feet under the desk, like running the route <laughs> and how you wanted to beat the coverage. Yeah, and like, awesome. you were just, you were just so dialed into that. Like what? Like where does that come from? And like, what did you do to kind of grow that skill set? You know, man, uh, it came from doing those little feet drills in in in, in film, <laughs> just constantly, consistently trying to nail that in and make that something that just happens out there that I don't have to really think about. Um, and yeah, definitely reading coverage has definitely had you know I had a benefit of playing quarterback and translated to to being able to read coverages from a tight end position. Sure. And then, like, you know, that's something I like. I, I do a lot of coaching now, coach high school football. One of the things I always tell people is, like, you know, you have to be able to understand what the defense is doing. Like, how much are you trying to dictate to the defense with your route, and how much are you kind of just reacting to what the defense is doing? Because you can do a lot of stuff with stems, and you were great with that double stick. Like, can you talk yeah. about that a little bit? Yeah, I was always trying to um, run routes off of different routes. So I wasn't – you know, I was setting things up. I wasn't just going out there reacting to them. I was, I was setting my own moves up as as the game would go on. Um, you know, I would, I would work certain releases in the beginning, and then try to get them used to that release. And then, when it's you know in a certain position, switch it up and and be setting them up the whole time with, with releases and stems, like you said. Um, but understanding how that coverage works and and why that setup works in that in that certain situation. Um, what is what allowed me to do that kind of stuff. That's interesting to me to hear as someone who obviously covered most of your career. And I think back to so many of those years where Jay wanted to throw his clipboard and everything else he could get his hands on because his entire red zone and third down game plan was reliant on you being out there. And obviously you had some injuries over the course of your time. And to know that, to, to kind of have that understanding and hear you talk about that, is is that kind of what made you so able to excel in third down and red zone situations when the defense was going to be locked in on you? Were you kind of waiting for those moments? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I felt like, you know, I, I enjoyed the pressure situations. Uh, it made me a better player, and, and I really enjoyed, um, you know, having the opportunity to make a play in, in, in those big big moments. Um, but definitely the game within the game is what allowed me to – to, to perform well and create separation and get open on guys. I wasn't just going out there um, not not thinking about things. I had a real strategy in mind. You know, I would watch myself and, you know, I would, it would also just be a feel um, during during the game as well, just feeling how I could set a guy up and uh, and, and just trusting myself to be able to, to do my move and, and believing in the strategy. It's so it's so interesting to hear you say that because like you you obviously studied a ton and that is a big part of who you are as a player and what made you great. 
But also, like, you had one of the best skill sets for that double stick at the top of a route. And for those people that don't know what I'm talking about, it's like when you kind of jab one direction to set that up, and then you stick back the other way to come across the, the, the defender's face and come into space. Like, how was it having that ace in the hole at all times for you? Because, I mean, you did that better than anybody I've played with. And I played with Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and the guy that I say does that the best is Jordan Reed. Like, how was that in terms of your process? Man, um, I, I first started developing that that one tool as a young kid, mm. just playing basketball, um, and I got really good at it, crossing guys over on the basketball court. And as soon as I started switching over to tight end, I just I would rely on that move because it you know it just came natural to me on the field. And then I started to find ways to implement it differently and in different scenarios on on releases on a corner route, on a slant, on a, on a speed cutout. And, um, and I was able to develop like a, like a system mm-hmm. for it or how to use it. And I knew what type of routes I was going to use it on in, in certain situations um, versus certain leverages. And um, I really just mastered that movement. Well, I tried to master it. I, you know, I got, I didn't master it all the way because I was really good on, on, on my right side oh, with it. My left side wasn't as good as my right side, so I wouldn't say that I, I just completely mastered it. But um, I, 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 you know, having to understand the when when to use it and, and how to use it timing wise is something that I was really tuned in on. Yeah, and that showed up all the time. Like I remember you doing one on ones and then getting bored with the linebackers and safeties and be like, let's go out and run run routes against the corners, and you like crossing up like you know like one of those Allen Iverson videos crossing up like Josh Norman who was one of like that was like Josh Norman at the peak of his powers so obviously to say that you didn't master it fully like I never seen anybody do it better so you know kudos to you brother yeah yeah you get Josh out there on the right side then you can get the right one and then then you just make Josh look silly and nobody's got to care about the left left was still effective it just wasn't as good as yeah he's he's being humble man like you know like he knows that like because he watches himself and he studied himself but like if I could run it as good as his left, man, I would have been. I would have just fallen over dead. You know, like <laughs> with that blocking and, and being able to. You you had the double stick too, though. You you. Uh, yeah, it, but it wasn't. It wasn't that smooth. It wasn't like that smooth. Like, like I, when I think of a double stick, dog, I'm like, my man Ja. He had that. Like that's what it was. I'm like, and I I, I coach young tight ends now. I go for the combat stuff, and I got my like my Jordan Reed cut up. I'm like, this is it. If you can do this, like. You're gonna be you're gonna be in the money on third down, which is where you need to make that money. If you if you can stretch block like how you can, man, you're gonna. I I appreciate that, brother. Thank you. Yeah, one one gets you one gets you paid more than the other. I'll tell you. They both get paid. They both get paid. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. There's there's a definitive floor (laughs) underneath you. Um, This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jordan, do you have a favorite play like I mean I guess I could say even favorite route like when you think back to your career and like you know you show your girls like 
hey, this is what daddy used to do. Like, is there is there one that sticks out that Logan should oh, put yeah, at the top right. of his cut up? Uh, I got a couple plays in practice that I really loved to watch and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I, I don't have them because I don't have the practice film, but it's a couple memories <laughs> of practice that I just, you know, I, I, I did the, the move perfect and it just felt great. So, yeah, to piggyback on, like, because I always think of you as, like, a dynamic choice runner, but you also ran posts. Like, your game's on the line, you know, and then you got the now route in the end zone and the goal line, which you crush people with. If you got, like, one route, all the money's on the line, Super Bowl's on the line, what's the route that you want the coach to call for you? What's the scenario? Uh, Okay, let's say it's uh, it's third and five. Third and five, uh, going in, yeah, red zone. Red zone, third and five. Definitely the slant route, uh, now route. Yeah. yeah. From width? From width? Yeah. Yeah, from width. Yeah. That, I kind of knew you were going to say that. Definitely, yeah. Because yeah. it's quick. It's like I just got to beat him. If I beat him quick with just one move, I don't have to think about it too much with a choice. I beat him quick and the quarterback gives me a ball. Now it's just up to me to, to catch and come down with it. So. Yeah. Did you ever wonder how deep defenses didn't figure that out? Like, I think of the Tampa game, the one, the, the you like that game, the, the what, what did Jay say? Like, it's a code red yeah. game, that game. And you yeah. had two in that game. And everybody and their brother knew it's going yeah. to 86. And yet, there you were. All of a sudden, Kirk's in the tunnel yeah. screaming, you like that. Uh, like, did you ever just go like, guys, come on. How do you not know? Yeah, yeah because, you know, what... It wasn't just a slant route by me. It was that set up by, by Jay and, and Sean McVay. They, the first time, it was a different formation. You know, I had a different kind of DB on me. It was a different kind of slant route. And then the second time, it was like a, a quad formation over to the left. And, you know, it was just a different look that, that we came out of, but we ran the same play for me. And I know without that planning and that um, scheme, you know, I would, it wouldn't have worked out like that. So... They had, they had, um, yeah. The scheme, the, the scheme is what really set that up to be successful. And I think that's something that's so important. Like even for fans now, the team is like that. OC does so much. Like you can have a dynamic player, but if you're not, if you're not stacking plays and giving them opportunities to to kind of give different looks, it just doesn't work. I, I got a question. This is something I've always wondered about you. Do you have a guy that you were just like? That, that gave you fits defensively because like I know I the the closest guy I remember giving you a hard time was uh was Browner the quarterback <laughs> from yeah that was the that was the closest guy that I remember was that the guy that kind of was the hardest matchup for you definitely because he had yeah. he had size and length like a safety but he, yeah. he had like you know coverage skills of a corner and he was a holding yeah. he was a holding ass man he was holding the whole time <laughs> so that game he uh, he was talking a lot of holding and I had I had a couple of plays that game I but I, I won the matchup I'll say because I, I scored a uh I had a yeah, right at the end of the game I scored on him and stuff like that. So it was a good battle. Was, he he was definitely the he was probably number one toughest guy yeah. that I had to go against. And then I would say Malcolm Jenkins, um mm. their top three and then um Byron from Dallas was all, always uh Oh nice, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a big athletic yeah. dude, Connecticut guy. So obviously, uh, you got that connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Browner, I feel like his career basically ended because he couldn't stop holding. Like he started on you and just never stopped. He was holding before me, dog. He he, that's what he, did. he had. But he was a physical guy. He would hold. He would hold within that five yards. 
yeah. and make it hard for you. So it was legal sometimes. I remember having to block him a couple times, and like he was strong, like yeah, he was like a like a linebacker, yeah. And he and he had good length, and so like people like that's why people are like. Who cares about arm length in the draft? It's because of guys like that. Like right. he was not a fast dude, right. but he won because he had good length. Yep. And I think that's so interesting because yeah, I remember he was always like he never had to bite the double stick because his arms were like thirty four inches long, so he right. could touch you from way far away. It was. It, it, I, I'm glad you said that because I always remember like I feel like he gave him a hard time, but maybe he I'm did, misremembering. Right? It was. Yeah. He was not allowing him to to touch me off the line. If I yeah. gave some space off the line, then you know it would be an easier route. But if I let him grab me or get a hold of me up front, it was over. So, okay, that's this is a good question then. Because, like, obviously Browner was, was very challenging. Um, Jenkins was challenging. And the kid from Dallas was challenging. What was the different plans for those different skill sets? Because, like, I remember Jenkins being really smooth with his feet, but also a little bit of a holder. Like, did you have a different approach for each guy? I'm sure you did. Yeah, I would have to, uh, with, with Malcolm... He would he would he would bite hard on some of my moves, so I could. I was um he was just a really strong competitor. He was gonna mm. beat to the end, and he was gonna fight, you know, and, and be scrappy and catch you when you're not looking and hit you. You know what I mean? And and just play a a physical competitive, you know, sixty minute game. Right. Um, Browner he he was just really athletic. I mean, uh, uh, Byron was just. Byron Jones, um, yeah, and I would have to do, I, I would have to hit him with more than one setup. So with, mm. uh, with Malcolm, I could beat him quick. Um, my first step was, I think, was a little quicker than his off the line, so I could beat him like that quick, and then he would move, go for that first move. With uh, Byron, I would have to set up like two moves for him, um, mm. and then sometimes another move at the top of the route to create separation on him, and then with uh, with uh, Broner, it was just we played him one time, and you know, I, you know, after a while, that that whole game they were calling stick routes for me. Um, yeah, they were calling a lot of stick routes, and and he was waiting on it. I remember one time we got to the to the red zone towards the end of the game, and I told Coach McVeigh, I was like, Coach, let me run a looky now. We've been right which is a which time. is a like a quick slant basically for those who don't know. Put me in the same position as we've been running that stick the whole game, and now let me run a look, let me let me run a looky. He was like, all right, called a looky, and it, it was perfect, and he wasn't expecting it. So it had to be a mental. It was a mental challenge versus um, mm. versus uh, what's his name. Browner, Browner. yeah, Browner. it's a weird, yeah, Brandon Browner, yeah. the alliteration there. Higher than Browners. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. It was just the letter B. That's yeah. that's that was the challenge. Yeah. Uh, Jay, let's wrap with this. Um, this offense should, if people stay healthy for the Commanders this year, look a lot different. Obviously, Carson brings the arm talent and a lot more skill. With all due respect to Taylor, brings a lot more skill to the quarterback position. Brings the experience that he's had at the quarterback position. If Curtis stays healthy, brings a dynamic kind of versatile player in the, in many of the same places they used to use you moving moving that guy around. The backs look good. Tight ends. What do you think of this offense this year for the Commanders, and, and what do you expect from them? Man, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think they got guys at you know every position that can make you know plays in the clutch and, and be out there. So, like you said, man, it's a it's a matter of staying healthy, staying on that field. And uh, I got a good feeling about it. I got a good feeling about this year. I like you know I like the new swag and the, and the new look and stuff like that. So um, I think they're going to come out real help, help, um, focused and, and hungry. 
this is a little bit of an aside, but Jay, I got to bring you some tape of Jahan, man, because he is running. You know, you said you got to stack routes. Yeah. This man, even in OTAs, like he's a rookie, but stacking routes like a uh, like a young Jordan Reed here, which is pretty exciting. So I have to I have to bring some by and we can talk about it. Yeah, that was dope, man. <laughs> well, uh, I look forward to hearing the reports from your, your film <laughs> session uh, here on the podcast. Jordan, this was great. Um, I, I hope that people got out of this what I knew when I was covering you, which is that for as physically gifted as you were, there was so much more to your game. So appreciate you coming on the podcast, and we'll definitely do it again, man. No doubt, man. Appreciate you guys having me.